Hey friends, Rick Lee James here, inviting you to join me over at rickleejames.substack.com. Substack is a great new free platform that helps me connect directly with all of you who listen to my music and podcast. All you have to do is subscribe with your email address, and that's it. It's easy to use, and we can interact right away. So go to rickleejames.substack.com for some inspiration in your inbox. Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, a songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more with friends, colleagues, and sometimes just by myself. Now make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes or by tweeting at me at RickLeeJames on Twitter. And please join my mailing list at RickLeeJames.com where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. And by the way, in case you're interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account at MrRogersSay where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers, one of the voices in my head. Well, I guess that's it for the intro, so sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of Voices in My Head. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I'm your host, Rick Lee James, and I'm so glad that you're here with us for what I know is going to be another great conversation. My guest today on Voices in My Head is the rock band So and Tether. Now, I have two of the members here today, not the entire band, but So and Tether exists to enrich and excite souls with the grace and truth of Christ through song. They are part of the worship teams at Redeemer Baptist Church and Get Well Road Church in the Northwest Mississippi and Memphis, Tennessee areas, and they lead and write songs that speak the truth of the gospel of Jesus to encourage and edify the church. They lead worship for conferences, retreats, and various other events as their schedules allow. Born out of Redeemer Baptist Church in Olive Branch, Mississippi, their desire for those they have the opportunity to minister to is the same as their desire for their own congregations, to sing songs with deep gospel roots that help people to see and glory in the risen Christ. Every opportunity to lead others is met with this calling, and they would love to partner with your church or organization in ministry. So today on the show, I have two members of the band So and Tether. I have Hunter Bobo. He is the lead vocalist and primary songwriter of So and Tether. He serves as worship pastor at Redeemer Baptist Church in Olive Branch, Mississippi. And I get to welcome back Stephen McNeil also, who is the bassist for So and Tether. He is a singer and songwriter. And we had him on the show last year for his album Centerpiece. I kind of like to call him the Tom Petty of Christian music. Uh, I just love the vibe that he brings. It's a real honor to have both of these guys here today. Before we get into their conversation, we're going to listen to their latest single called This Is The Day, and then right after, we're going to have a great discussion. This is 
And that was This Is The Day by my guests today from the band So and Tether. Hunter and Stephen, welcome to Voices In My Head. I'm so glad to have you here today. Yes, sir. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks, Rick. Well, I want to start out today by saying, first of all, great song. I've been enjoying listening to it, and I'm really glad that you guys uh, sent me over a copy of it. And uh, it's really catchy. This is the day, and that re- it reminds me of kind of a song we used to sing, you know, back in Sunday school days. You know, when I was a kid, but a much more rocked up version of it for sure. And it really uh, gets your toe tapping. And it's 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 one that you know, one so- mark of a great song to me is one that makes me want to grab my guitar out and start playing playing along with and uh, it's definitely one of those songs for sure but let me ask you as we start today uh how are things going for you guys i know you know for us musicians um 2020 has been a difficult year and 2021 going into it um in many ways it feels like the same year just you know uh just a different uh number at the end of it so how's it going for you guys um, well, you know, I, I, I tend to actually think that, um, each member of the band is, is, uh, so many different things, uh, and not just necessarily like a part of this project. So I actually felt like 2020, at least for me, and, uh, you know, I guess, you know, Stephen might have had a different take, but it was, it, it was, uh, similar to many years for us. And I think that a lot of that is just because, you know, for us, we're, dead set on being hard workers at our jobs and being good husbands, being good dads, being uh, good leaders at our respected uh, or different churches. And, um, you know, uh, we get the opportunity to play out quite a bit, but, you know, we had some things that or quite a few things rather that did get canceled. But to be honest, you know, it just helped us to lean into the other areas of our lives that, you know, are just as important, I guess you'd say. What, what do you think, Stephen? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. You know, it's um, it was a time when, when kind of some of the plans we had fell through. So instead, we really we focused a lot more on on writing and arranging some new tunes. Yeah. And um, uh, and I think that was a it was a good creative outlet among all the other chaos that, you know, that life kind of threw at us. It was helpful too. Cause like Steven, Steven and uh, Josh are new to the project within like the last year or so. And I actually felt like us having that ample time to write and to be in the room together and, uh, and, and all that I think sort of solidified the five of us in some really helpful ways, even just, uh, I don't know. It's been kind of funny. Anytime we get like two and a half minutes to talk as a band, it goes from like zero to a hundred in terms of like, uh, just substance of conversation. Um, so all that was actually super helpful for us too. I think it kind of helped us all to, it was really good to just kind of like be a band in the room, writing stuff together and having to, hash out stuff in that in that way last year well good i'm I'm glad to hear that and uh, i i am hearing that actually from a lot of people that they're getting to focus on other things that 
um, weren't necessarily what they always had focused on before during this time. And it does sound sure. like it gave you guys a time with some new members, a, a time to kind of solidify and play together and write together more. So that's, that, that is a good thing. I'm really excited about that. Um, I'd love to ask you both because I, I know it's different when you're writing, um, as sort of a, a single artist, as a singer songwriter versus writing and playing, um, with a band. I'd love to know kind of what, as a band together, how you would describe um, your creative process, kind of kind of what goes into it. Does one of you usually bring the songs in and, and you all kind of work on it together? Or is it kind of finished when you come in and the band kind of adds some contributing parts? Or just kind of what's the process usually like for you guys together? Yeah. Um, I, 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 uh, I always want to have a variety of ways that we'll write a song together i think that there is a bit of a bread and butter way that we would go about it meaning you know i uh i am probably i'm not nearly the player that everyone else in this band is but i think that what i bring to the table with the band is is the ability to to write so yeah, I, I definitely, um, me and a buddy of mine, we set aside some time, just about as many weeks as we can to just get in the room and put down lyrics. Uh, but to be honest with you, almost always, it's a very like conceptual song idea. Like, hey, here's verses, here's choruses, mm-hmm. here's a bridge, things like that. But I think that all the guy, all the guys have really uh, seen that. I am really bringing that song in and saying whatever we need to do with it to make it the best it is from here. Like, I don't care what we change. Yeah. Let's just make it great. Um, most of the time, that's uh, sort of the way that it would happen. Um, now, we've had different processes. This is the day was very different in its process. Um, the other four songs we'll put out this year, they each had their kind of own thing, mm-hmm. really. Um, but most, I mean, a lot of the time I would say six times out of 10, it's going to be, Hey guys, here's, here's this song. Um, what can we do with it? And a lot of times I just go with the opinion of what, of what they think, to be honest. I, I remember with the newest recordings we just did, I actually like just threw two songs out in the air and Steven was the one that like so quickly made it obvious which one needed to be song number five that we went to record this year. He was like, no, that's the one we need to go record. And I always, I mean, I listen to that stuff and I, I think we all take each other's opinions like yeah. really, really highly, I think. So yeah, I guess that would be it. Yeah. Hunter's a really good, uh, Hunter's a really good band leader. Uh, you know, it's, it's not so much, uh, Hunter and the so and tethers, you know, but he is, <laughs> he, he, he's good at leading and kind of facilitating and you know, he'll bring in ideas like that. Um, but the, the cool thing about this band is everybody's pretty trusting, like you said, yeah. of, because any, just about anybody in the band, um, and, and, a good, and even good at the producing end of it. Um, a, a, so everybody kind of is pretty trusting because nobody's, uh, everybody's got good judgment, yeah. uh, with as far as songwriting and production goes. And so it's, it's really fun to, to be in a room and, and work on songs like that because, you know that everybody has the same goal, and that's to make the song as, as great as it can be. So yeah, yeah, that's terrific. Well, well, let me ask you, Stephen, because I know you're a great guitar player, and uh, I've, I've I've heard a lot of the great licks that 
you play, you know, over the years, but you're the bass player in this band. Uh, yes. What's, what's it like for you, and what's it kind of mean for you to get to kind of stretch your legs on a different instrument, so to speak, and and just do some different things like that? I, I know it must be a, a different kind of fun and creativity for you. It's super fun. Yeah. Um, you know, playing bass is uh, it's it's a completely different perspective uh, with for the music than, than playing guitar. And, you know, when I'm, when I'm producing my own stuff, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about everything all at once and trying to figure out how all the pieces fit together. But mm-hmm. like I said, in this band, I like the other guys are going to take care of their end of things and they're going to do their, their parts really well. And so I can, I've been able to kind of dig in and really, um, you know, get creative with, with the bass, uh, which is something I haven't been able to regularly do in a really long time. And, uh, so, you know, even as I'm listening to music, uh, you know, I'm listening in to, to all these, 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 these music, music I've known my whole life. Yesterday I was listening to, uh, the James Taylor greatest hits, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which is, which is kind of, it's a compilation, but it's a record in and of itself, I think. Um, but like all these songs I've been listening to my entire life, but like I've never really noticed the bass part, mm-hmm. uh, as, as closely as I am now. And so cool. it's been fun to kind of examine the songs from that end. And John Gaines, our drummer is a, a really good drummer and it's, it's fun to play bass with a really good drummer. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's been a lot of fun. It's 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 uh, a cool experience to to be a part of this band and to to play the bass. So so is it just the three of you uh, in the band? Is it a trio? No, there's five of us. Five of okay. I just yeah. wanted to make sure. I, I haven't ever seen you play live before, but uh, well, you have a great sound together, and I and I always think it's uh, it's kind of a metaphor when when great bands are playing together and when they really found out how to complement each other well in what you're doing. Um, it always feels like in a, a some way a metaphor for the kingdom of God, you know, <laughs> because yeah. when when you're out there doing it all by yourself, like you just said a few minutes ago, Stephen, I, I get that where you're trying to find all the parts to play and figure out how to make the song work. Um, but when everybody does their own part in a band, um, it, it really – let you do a little bit less and then sound like more, you know, <laughs> together, yeah, which is, sure. which is a really great thing. I, I was talking with some friends a while back. Uh, it's, it's been a few years ago now since that, uh, song hit so big uh, with Justin Timberlake, you know, with can't stop the feeling. Yeah. And, uh, and I was talking with some people about like, when you really listen to like a song like that, it's, there's not really that much going on with each instrument part. It sounds like, tons going on but like the bass is doing kind of it's one little thing the drums are doing it's one little thing and but it's all the pieces when they come together and i feel like you guys um are are doing some things like that too you found the pocket to play in together in a way that complement each other so well in, in each track that i've been listening to and I think that's always a fun thing. And I, I can tell that you guys are having fun, uh, doing it. So it's, yeah. it makes it fun for the listener too. Um, sure. so l- let me ask you this question. You've, you've been, uh, playing differently. I know I'm sure over these last few days and there's been probably fewer gigs, but one question I like to ask performers, and it doesn't have to just be 2020 or 2021. I just think this is a fun question. Um, I, I love getting into the question of like best gig, worst gig, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, and yeah. you don't have to name specific places, but this is just a totally fun question to ask because they often bring the greatest stories about like 
can you think of for sometimes the worst gigs are the funnest stories actually to tell honestly because there's just so much more memorable um and and it's up to you guys if you have one you could share but i i'd love to hear because every musician seems to have one of like this was like my greatest moment i love this place and this was like yeah. <laughs> this was like the moment yeah. i never want to live again but boy what a great story i just wonder if you have any of those to share today yeah, I mean, I think the best thus far um, that we would both say is last January, we um, we played a countywide uh, youth conference, and as we're pulling up to do the gig, it's like, okay, this is a bull riding arena. That's what it was. <laughs> a dirt, wow. floor. dirt, dirt floor. Right but like <laughs> they open this, you know, huge bay door and like the stage setup and all of that. You would have thought that like Stapleton was coming to, to play in this, <laughs> you know, bull riding arena. And, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, we get into session one and there's what, like 900 kids there. Yeah. Wow. And like, it was, uh, I don't know. Some people, uh, I like, I like this about the guys in this project. I think that some people sort of, it, it, there's, there's different folks and the way that they approach situations when a lot more people show up. And I think that some people like it's, it's a very like nervous thing. However, like me and John at least have talked about it a few times. Like, it, it, I feel like it does the opposite hmm. uh, to, to a lot of us. Like it makes me just like want to play the songs we're going to play to absolute perfection and just like enjoy every second of it. Yeah. And, and, uh, I don't know. It, it, it definitely, it makes me want to just, uh, turn up. I don't know. I, I think that. I think that, you know, you don't, you don't get a lot of opportunities like that. And, uh, man, that was a, that was a cool, it, well, yes, it was a lot of fun. And then the, I think the pastor that weekend during his, uh, during his sermon may have made an extremely inappropriate Snoop Dogg reference. Oh, my. Yes. Yeah. So it was like a little bit of both. Yeah, a bit of touch and go. It was fun though. That's probably since I've been in the band, that's the loudest we've ever. Yeah. Because it was this giant place, and it was like full, like you know, the stage was like a like something you'd see at a music festival. It was huge. Yeah. And um, and so it was fun to play bass in a in a with the sound system. Yeah, there's so much low end. Because the because. Like after the worship set, all of the dirt from the floor would have been like shaken up, and there was like yeah. clouds of dust. By the time we be done with our set. Yeah, it wasn't a fog machine. It was literally it was dirt, rodeo yeah. dirt. That, that was awesome. That, uh, I, I'd have amazing. to think of I'd have to think about a worst yeah. situation. I I think any time which we don't even say yes to it anymore. Any time you know, like uh, people used to like doing. Uh, what was it called? It was like an all night, all nighter type of thing. A lock in. Oh, sure, lock in. That's what they called it. Anytime yeah. I ever did one of those, it's 12:30 at night, and I'm like, why? Why did we say yes? Why did we say yes to this. Yeah. This is the. Uh, no, no. That's always the worst. And I remember one in particular. The guy's like sermon points were how the gospel is like a bologna sandwich, and and uh, yeah, I checked out pretty fast that night. 
because um, it was 1 a.m. and I'm listening to, to a guy describe a bologna, bologna sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> lock-ins are always the worst for me. Anyway. So, I have to agree. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. So. That's- that's terrific. There, there. Well, there are some some awesome like bad gig stories, and the the ones I always you know refer to in my own personal life. It's, it's not that they're like just terrible gigs, but you know when you're playing like solo gigs, especially at a coffee house or something, and they set you up in a small room and they have that machine that always does the. I, I don't know. I guess it's blowing out like foam or something, and you're yeah, like in the middle of the song, and it's like. <laughs> You know, things like that. (laughs) Yeah, things like that are always fun. Um, I I think my my favorite like artist story I've ever heard of of a bad venue was um, Andrew Peterson, who who drove like just a really long distance, and he took Andy Gillihorn with him, and uh, I think it was like a, a you know four hour trip through the mountains or something, and he got there, and apparently the pastor had just done. Uh, zero promoting of the concert at all when he got there and there ended up being like four people that showed up and and he was like andrew peterson the radio guy at this point like (laughs) and the pastor had just done no promotion whatsoever and uh and he said when they got there the the five people that were there three of which were the pastor's family um he said he said well why don't you guys just come up here on the stage and you know we'll just sit and share some songs and stories and and two of them wouldn't come and they're like no, <laughs> he started yelling back at him, and and then awesome. they ended up getting mad and leaving. I guess the two people because they wouldn't come up on the on the platform, and so there there are just some some wonderful stories of bad gigs out there that I always love to hear. But yeah, lock ins have to be uh, up there for sure. So, well, well, let me let me ask you a little more a little more serious question. I I love those kind just for the levity that they bring to situations too, but. I know that that bands tend to have uh, sort of a story and a message that they like to share with people who listen to them. And I wonder if if you um, kind of had an overarching message of your band that you wanted to just share with listeners. Like, this is is the heart of who we are, and and could kind of make it uh, a message that was concise, just not in song form, but just to say, hey, this is what we exist to do this is why we're here what would you say to those who listen to you um actually i'd i'd, I'd love to know how you would interpret that yeah I, talk, talking to steven the only reason why i say that is because like i know what i've thought you know the band is here to do because obviously since the inception i sort of put all I, I sort of got the ball rolling, but mm-hmm. since Steven has been somewhat new to it, it makes me wonder how you've interpreted yeah. that. Well, the thing that I think Hunter and I find common ground on, uh, and really all the guys in the band, um, is um, the gospel is central to our lives, right? Like Jesus has saved us and is making us new day by day. And, and so we want... Uh, and being being all of us are involved in um, ministry at our individual churches and and involved in the music at our churches and so I think that that it's important for us that the music that we sing in our churches or we play together as a band that the music we sing really reflect the the difference that the gospel has made in our lives and the difference that it is making as the Lord sanctifies us and um, and so the the songs that we sing really are important because there's a 
there's a lot of songs out there that I think maybe are well-intentioned but don't really reflect the truth of the gospel very well or the truth of the Christian life, you mm. know, and, and growing in that. And um, so I think that, that something that's really passionate, that, that we're all really passionate about is is writing and singing songs that matter and sure. that, that that we can hang on to. You know, like mm. whenever, um, whenever Hunter brings a song to the band, it's almost always something that, like, I could... If I was going to sing it on my own personally, like, uh, it, it's something that I could like hang on to, like on, on a dark day, on a hard day, like, okay, this is true. The, yeah. What I'm singing right here is true. Hmm. Uh, it's true of God and it's true of what he's doing in me. And, um, that, that's really important to us to, to, to write music and play music that matters. And I'm sure we fall, fall short of the mark sometimes. Yeah. But, um, but that's our goal. And, and, you know, sometimes that's going to sound kind of like a more, kind of more intimate, kind of folky thing. And sometimes it's going to be a fun, loud rocker, like this is the day is, but, um, yeah, I think overarchingly, like we want to, we want to sing songs that, that are, that are true and that matter and that are the things we can hang on to, uh, in day to day life. Yeah. I I remember, um, being at a conference and hearing Keith Getty talk a lot about, uh, your church needing to sing deathbed songs Hmm. and, um, you know, my, my, my wife's grandfather passed away about two and a half, three weeks ago, something like that. Mm. And it even hit me, you know, uh, in the last days that he had, like, I, I, I wonder what he's singing yeah. as, as he's leaving this world and going to be with the Lord. Um, I hope desperately that we, you know, and, and all that sounds sort of morbid, but it, it's sort of just, reinforcing what Stephen just said. I, I hope that everything that we are singing is completely true of the Lord mm-hmm. um, and is uh, it's prov- it's thought provoking, too. Yeah. Uh, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean that every song that we write needs to be heady either mm-hmm. um, or that it needs to, you know, just be unbelievably intellectual mm-hmm. this is the like this the song this is the day is not necessarily not necessarily intellectual it's just uh like so i wrote the we exist to enrich and excite mm-hmm. and i think that both of those words do a pretty good job of what we're attempting to do the enriching people's lives with the songs that we write because it is grounded foundationally in the word of God. That doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be a uh, theological juggernaut song all the time, but it does need to enrich people's lives. Um, People need to know that this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it comes out of the Psalms. Um, But I want it to excite their soul. Um, mm-hmm. and that might, that might mean a happy, you know, bright day or a dark, sad day. Um, yeah. your soul can be excited for the Lord. You know, we can find joy that, uh, in, in a heavy day or a light day. And yeah. I, I want us to do a good job of writing songs that examine the full counsel of God and, uh, and are songs from the first second to the very end of the song. Um, I don't want you to ever feel like we took our foot off the gas because we wrote a bridge that we were just trying to get through. Um, I think that every aspect of the song is going to matter. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the songs that make the biggest difference. 
to yeah. us, you know, like the, yeah. the, the, the other people write are, are songs like that. So I think yeah. we aspire to that. Same and I think we've kind of doubled back on this idea that like, if we don't like our songs, then we're not going to play them well. And why should we expect other people to like it? <laughs> yeah. And I think that a lot of people get, get sort of uh, trapped into that because they think that they're trying, like they're writing for someone else. And I think, you know, all of these, all of these songs that we're writing are birthed out of a local church context. Yeah. So it's a place we really care about. So I think that hopefully you're hearing in the crafting of songs that there are also songs that we really care about. So, yeah. Well, and I'm, and I'm glad to hear that too. There's, there's a couple of different things that, that come to my mind as I hear you talking about that and, and, you know, writing songs that, that you really love and, and record and what a difference it makes. Um, and, and it, and it does happen sometimes that, that bands are sometimes almost forced to, uh, especially on like a record company, write or play songs that they don't really love. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I remember talking uh, a while back with Andrew Osenga and he used to play with Cademan's Call and, uh, and he said they, you know, the record label made them do a uh, worship album because it was real trendy at the time. Everybody had to do a worship album. It was, I think, the late 90s, early 2000s. And yeah. he said that it wasn't that we were opposed to worship. He said it just wasn't what we were doing as as a band. You know, we had kind of a different yeah. thing we were doing. And said, so they ended up doing this album, and it ended up being like their biggest album yet. Like, and and so then the record company was like, you got to do part two, you know. And and he right. said, and, and we just hated it. He said it wasn't because we were opposed to any of it, but he said uh, on some level we were kind of miserable because it just wasn't where we were, you know, as as a band. It yeah. felt like they were trying to commercialize something that really should be uh, intimate and something that we, you know, we like worship, but it just wasn't who we were. So I, I really appreciate yeah. what you're saying there too, about like just being true to yourself as, as artists and, and making the music that you're um, really, I guess that you would be uh, called to make, you know, and I, I think right. that does make a difference. And I, and I also want to say something in, in defense of songs like this is the day too. Um, a lot of people do have an idea that, that Christian music um, it, it only can be uh, a song like a Keith and Kristen Getty song or something, and, and and I love writing hymns too. And it's not it's not that I don't love those deep big songs with six verses or you know <laughs> something like right, that. Yeah, yeah. But I but I often think to what kind of one of my uh, theological mentors, William Willimon, said one time, and he talked about when he was uh, preaching in a black church one Sunday. And he said uh, they got up and sang, and it was only two or three songs, but they sang for about an hour, uh, and it yeah, was and right. and the songs were a lot of repeat, and, and in some ways it was songs, kind of like this is the day, you know, where it'd be one phrase that they would sing uh, over several times. And he asked the pastor after church, he said, why do you guys like sing this way? Like, you know, so much. And he, he said, I had a cup of coffee and I really needed to, you know, get off the platform a couple times during the, yeah. the service. And the <laughs> pastor had a great answer. He said, you know, our people come in our particular context to, uh, our, to worship uh, from some really difficult situations in life. And it's hard for them to sense the kingdom of God among them. And said, so we almost have to come into this place and get it into their head that they've entered into a new space and a new realm and remind them that the kingdom of God reigns here. And and I really think of a song like This Is The Day mm-hmm. as a song like that. Like it, it's a song that is really getting in your face and reminding you of this new reality. Like, guess what? Things look bleak. 
guess what? Like last week, we had this horrible day at the Capitol. You know, at the time of recording right. this, um, that that's still one of the, the people are just still shocked and angry and and upset over, and and they're not thinking like the kingdom of God is present among us. You know, <laughs> and yet yeah. it is. And you come in with the song like this is the day, and it really is almost this like kingdom of God rebellion song. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> like we're gonna make this statement in the midst of all this darkness and chaos. That guess what? This is still the day the Lord has made. So I, I really love it. If I if I can give any encouragement on on a song like that, and just I think the importance of songs like that that we need to have um, we need to have songs like that just as much as we need songs that are like these deep theological treatises for sure. Yeah, and for sure, uh, yeah. I think they're good. Well, yeah. you know, we're we're getting close to the the time that I have available for the day, but I did have just a couple more uh, questions I wanted to ask you guys, and I appreciate you spending some time with me today. I wonder, um, and if both of you or, or one of you can answer this, I'd love to know just what is some of the best advice that you have been given? Hmm. Um, that uh, success pastorally is faithfulness mm. and, and not um, the amount of people that might walk in the door or... Um, yeah, I mean, even from a musical standpoint, the amount of records that you sell or, you know, the amount of quote unquote, uh, impact that you have and things like that. I think all those things are fleeting and there's time and place and sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you don't. Mm -hmm. But in the midst of all that, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm definitely having to hang on to, to that bit of, uh, to that bit of advice, even, you know, even today, you yeah. know, I mean, uh, because everything from a local church context has been wildly different. We were just talking about it before we got on here with you that, you know, the like our own local churches, they look so much different today sure. than if you had talked to me in February of 2020, what it would look like. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It's just, it's hard because it's different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I am, I, the Lord has just called me to be faithful, right? Yeah. And, uh, I think that that, whenever, um, sort of sorrowful, um, emotions might come up at how things are going, uh, over the course of the last year or, you know, just difficulty or ways that my brain wants to break in half, uh, over the fact that, you know, uh, just so much is so difficult right now. I think that just remembering to be faithful kind of, you know, makes your rest easy, you know, and makes me feel that something is accomplishable for the Lord that day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, great. Sure. Great advice. Yeah. And yeah. Stephen, do you have anything to, to add to that? You know, I, 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 you know, I don't have uh, a different thing, but I'll echo what he said that, um, uh, it's, easy to feel overwhelmed with the world or even with, with your own life. You feel like you have um, so many things to do or, uh, or, or, or whatever. Like if, if it's things you feel like you need to accomplish or, or problems that need to be solved. And when you look at your life, um, but being faithful with what you have one thing at a time, um, I heard, um, I think it was a pastor, an old pastor of mine said this. I don't really remember, uh, who to attribute this to, but, 
but basically what is what is the next right thing to do yeah and mm-hmm. and to be faithful with that you know and, and so you know right now we're potty trained i have, I have three-year-old twins and we're potty trained <laughs> oh, and so it's like uh and, and it's it's been difficult uh and so you know it's like sometimes i feel like i'm wasting my time uh for sitting you know sitting 15 or 20 minutes in the bathroom with my son trying to <laughs> trying to get him to to go and it's like well okay it is frustrating and it is hard in that moment but like that's the thing to be faithful for for that yeah. moment and yeah. you know later on you know uh, you know I, I teach um, teach guitar and, and drums and stuff like that and uh, so you know when I'm at work I'm like well I, I need to be faithful in teaching this kid right here this kid's having a problem you know playing the C chord so I need to I need to help him play that well and that's what I need to be faithful with in that moment and so moment yeah. by moment yeah. you know being faithful with what the Lord gives you it, it helps clear the air and clear some of the anxiety I think about. Uh, the bigness of the problems in the world or the bigness and in, in the problems in your life um, moment by moment mm-hmm. being faithful, I think is yeah. good. Yeah. Good yeah. way to look at it. You know, I, I love that both of you said this and I, I, I chuckled a little bit to myself because I remember those potty training days. My, my son just turned eight about a week ago. So it's, it's, I mean, it's not been too terribly long. It's been a few years since we went through right. that, but man, I feel for you. Cause I remember those days and just thinking, is this ever going to be <laughs> gonna right. over? But I love what both of you said about faithfulness. And, and honestly, I was, I wasn't even thinking about this next question I'm about to ask you guys. And, and maybe you haven't seen this and that's okay. Okay. Um, but both of you said something that reminded me of what is actually a theme in this new film that Disney just put out on the Disney Plus app, which is very much a musical film called Soul. Oh, yeah. Um, have you guys seen that by any chance? Yeah, I've uh, seen it. It's, it's on my to-do list. I haven't seen it yet. It, yeah. It's interesting that both of you are saying that because it's, it's really not like a, a movie that, that even pretends to have a Christian view of the afterlife or anything like that. But yeah. I, I do feel like the the overall message of the, the film, though, has a lot to do with being faithful with the little things and in the moment. And when you even mentioned yeah. helping a person play that C chord, you know, this mm-hmm. kid, because there actually are some, some moments in, in the film that are kind of about that, like, because the main character is kind of overlooking the the beauty of the moment of what it means to teach someone you know and and not to overlook that for like i just need to be on a big stage somewhere and uh so i honestly i i appreciate what uh what both of you have said and it's kind of interesting that even on a in in the culture where it's not necessarily um in in a christian theme film that that even seems to be something that's being felt right now you know (laughs) that that we need and maybe maybe in this moment more than ever well i want to make uh all the listeners aware of of your website at soandtether.com and i'm going to make sure and we have all of the links up at voicesinmyheadpodcast.com and uh, and voicesinmyhead.substack.com is another place that i'm also putting the podcast out on right now um but we'll make sure and have all those links up there and and much more about your band so people can find out more about you on here um but it has been really great to to sit and talk with you guys and we opened the show with your song this is the day and we're going to close the show out today with a song called still waters that you released last year and uh, this has just been a really great time for me to get to to sit and visit with both of you today and i really appreciate you taking some time and, and 
I look forward to hear some hearing more great music as it comes out from both of you in the future. Um, is there is there anything else before we uh, before we close our time together? Just that you would like people listening today to know any information that that you wanted to share with them? Sure. Well, I mean, first, uh, you know, I want to make sure, make sure, make sure that we extend as much gratitude to you as possible. Um, you know, the opportunity for somebody to just sort of stick their neck out for us and, uh, and, you know, give us a chance to discuss our own music and give us a chance to talk about what we care about a lot. Um, just really, really actually means a ton Mm -hmm. and, uh, we appreciate you very much for giving us that opportunity and, and yeah, giving people the chance to listen to our songs. Um, I just never want that to get by us. We're extremely thankful. Um, we will be, uh, well, this is the day. It was the first song that we put out, um, in this, in this calendar year. There will be four others at least that will come out in this cal, in this calendar year. That's just sort of the way we've been doing things. Um, we just keep releasing kind of one single at a time. So there will be four more between now and, uh, through the summer. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll do all we can to try to promote, uh, the releases of the next songs that will be coming out. So, yeah. And, and if you're listening, Rickley James has a new music video that you should go check out, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, that came out Friday, is that right? Yeah. Just this past Friday. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for that plug. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always feels weird to plug my own stuff. So thank you. Yeah, um, you now, hey guys, seriously, it's, it's been a real pleasure and I thank you for letting me have the opportunity to share your music. It's been great. Um, so we're going to, as I said before, we're going to close out the show today with the song Still Waters and this is by my guest So and Tether and uh, as I say to my guests each week uh, Hunter Bovo, Stephen McNeil of So and Tether, thank you for being some of the voices in my head this week. Thank you Rick. Thank you. Good shepherd he knows his own just as the father knows the son
thank you for joining me here this week on Voices in My Head. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com where you can find out more about me, get my music on vinyl and CD, follow my blog, and even schedule me for a concert or a speaking engagement. Better yet, even a book signing in your neighborhood. You can find all that and more at rickleejames.com. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast will be online. And now, for the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Voices in My Head.